you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show mm-hmm. as we explore this, this thought that I had about, uh, and, and again, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, I want to be very careful and thoughtful yes. about um, the condition of the church in America. Yeah. The, the one church, right? Right. Um, but the condition of the church in America and how, and I've said this before on the show, on the program, that I've, I've often thought, you know, what a shame that people, when it's true for them, that they are sitting under false teaching, that they are sitting under false doctrine. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've lamented um, these, these victims, like these victims of this false doctrine. And, you know, we've done many shows, even going back to our urban days when yeah. I was doing Middays with Miki, just constantly yeah. talking about the state of the church and caring about the Lord's bride. And, um, and, and then I started to really focus on Paul's warning to Timothy mm-hmm. that, that, that these situations where people are sitting in churches under false teaching, under false doctrine, right. Um, largely reflects what they desire. That's right. That's right. That's really they, hard to hear, though, isn't it? They want to gather to themselves, you know, teachers that will say what, what they desire for them to say yeah. because they have engineers. Like, yeah. they, they want to hear this stuff. And so there's a there's a point of, like, uh, it's, it's sobering to mm-hmm. think about. And, you know, there's a point even of anger. It's like, man, these churches or these places, you know, are teaching uh, 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 wrong things. But at the same time, the people themselves want to be there and so you got to look at both sides. You got to yeah. look at both, you know, as playing a part in it. Yeah. And so we want to spend some time talking about that. Um, a man named uh, Jamal Bryant, who has functioned as a pastor, as a preacher, as a reverend for a number of years and yeah. not doing those things without controversy. Right. By the way, um, not doing those things without biblically disqualifying acts in his life. Right. that would disqualify him from serving as a pastor True. was recently doing a uh, podcast interview, a radio show. I don't know if it's both radio and podcast, but for sure podcast. And it's hosted by a woman named Rashawn Ali. And, um, and it's out of Atlanta, which is where he now pastors the church right. new birth. He moved into the position that was once held by Eddie long mm-hmm. before he died. Mm-hmm. And before he died, he was embroiled in all kinds of scandal that yeah. not not even is just scandal. Biblically speaking, like we are concerned because it affects the church, but right. it's scandal even if you don't know Christ. Right. Like right. the things that surrounded Eddie, Eddie Long and, and some might say even the things that surround or surrounded Jamal Bryant. Right. We, we actually covered these things 
um, oh, almost a decade ago, yeah. I feel like um, almost <laughs> a while back. Um, when when they were a current event. And why? Right. Because it affects the church. It impacts right. the church, the and, way we think about church leadership. And I know some people say, well, you know, people that believe like that or do that, they're, they're not really pastors, mm. you know, and and I understand what you're saying. Sure. That you feel like you can't call them that. But the, the truth remains that this has an effect on the church. Yes, there are absolutely. Many people that go to these churches. You know, and I understand if you're saying, well, I'm not going to call him pastor. That's fine. Yeah. But there's so many people that do call them pastor, not only Jamal Bryan, but others. Yeah. And they're sitting right under, you know, heresy mm-hmm. and, and, and bad doctrine, all kind of stuff. And that should be sobering for us, you know. And, and the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter could have just focused on the training alone, uh, training pastors of churches, training church leaders mm-hmm. to teach sound doctrine. They yeah. could have focused on that yeah. alone, but we don't see that in the context of the church. Right. We actually see the focus on sound doctrine right. and also a warning of false teachers. That's right. A, an ex- Whole chapters. Exposés, <laughs> if you will, yeah. of these people whose judgment is looming over them. Like right. they are not getting away with this. And so I think to your point, it's one thing for us to say, um, well, they're not real pastors or they're not real, you know, uh, okay, but they are still in the context of the church. Right. And there are still people who are eternally affected by their heresies and their false yeah. doctrine. Exactly. And I think it's so important for us to care, uh, even while we believe the word of God to be true. Second right. uh, Timothy chapter four, uh, verses one through five, and, and we may look at that today, but even while we believe it to be true that these people are really gathering up for themselves, mm-hmm. Those who will tickle their ears, mm. um, in the meantime, there are still people who need to be warned. We, we yes. actually find ourselves having the opportunity to serve as a witness in yeah. the culture, yeah. to serve as a witness in the church, in the Lord's church. When we stand up and we say, that is wrong, that is sinful, that is incompatible with Scripture. Right. So we can't stop doing those things because it gets so bogus. Right. And it's, I'm fine if you want to say, well, they're false brethren. They're false, you know, because, yeah— Paul talks about them that way, you know, that these are people that crept in, you know, unawares and stuff like that. But at the same time, he gave a clear warning yes, to watch out for them. And I think there are people who are sitting under these teachers or uh, teachers like them that, man, need to be warned. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't really understand. And maybe hearing something like this would set something off. And yeah. like, man, I need yeah. to get out of it's here. It's time to get out. Like, because I think some people, um, and, and this is unfortunate, I'm not, I'm not advocating for this, but I think some people have a higher have a higher threshold for, for foolishness. like foolishness <laughs> that's Man. exactly where I was like they have a high or 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 maybe so you know or I maybe a huge lack of discernment a lot of these sure. people they play on certain things that will keep people trapped like race like you know yeah. money like different it's, things it's just sensual enough mm-hmm. that it appe- appeals to the person's fleshly desire that's right. But it's also like mixed with like kind of stirred in with a little bit of God's truth. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. for some people, it's it's like it's plausible. <laughs> like it it could be that, you know, that this is something that I've overlooked in Scripture. And so yeah. so because of that, Man. I think it's important for us to continue having these conversations. Yeah. I think it's important for us to continue playing the clips. Listen to me when I say we cannot ignore this just because um because the occurrences are so bogus. When I say <laughs> bogus, I mean so bogus. Like, right. 
so far out. And I don't mean in like the loopy, like I'm excited about this far out, man. Like, I mean, like so far beyond the parameters of scripture that you you can't even get close with a 10 foot pole talking about God's word. Like, it's just so far out. So I say that to warn people who are so steeped in scripture, who when you hear some of these clips, you're just you're going to be like, but there's no one who would believe that, right? And yeah. Well, but when you've got <laughs> thousands, okay, oh, tens goodness. of thousands of people who do, then we've got the receipts to show that people do believe it. Yeah. And yeah. that people are duped. And and I think the warning is to say to people, listen, you are in a church when when you are sitting under false doctrine, and I know that this is shocking, and I'm not trying to be shocking just for shock value. Right. But when you are sitting in a church that is characterized by false teaching. Now I'm not talking about cuz we get we get emails. People write in and they say, "Hey, I'm concerned my pastor brought in a speaker, my pastor brought in a teacher, or we are looking at doing this course. Um mm-hmm. should I be concerned about this?" Okay, that's different. That's in a different category, right? Mm-hmm. That is I'm I'm trying to be active and engaged and, right. and watch what's going on. But when you are sitting in a church that is characterized by false teaching mm-hmm. like that. That is just what the church mm-hmm. is sort of known mm-hmm. for. When that is true, then it might be true. And I want to be very careful here that the church that you are in is reflecting your values. Yeah. It is reflecting it what you yes. desire. Yeah. There's a reason you that you're drawn. Exactly yeah. right. If there, it was yes. not, you you wouldn't be there. Like yes. you, you would have, as soon as you heard it, you'd be like, oh, hold on. I'm something, out. Yeah, something's not right here. I'm out. Like, so it is, it's feeding something, a desire within. Yes. You know, yes. the sinful desire within, really, what the Bible Catering shows. Catering to the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think even, even the clips that we're going to play, it's not half of what, you know, the oh, foolishness Look, that, okay. that goes on. Behind like, the scenes, quick jump. Behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Some of it, we were just like, in preparation, we can't play that. <laughs> right. It's just, it's ludicrous. And I'm talking coming from a pastor right. doing a public interview about the church in general. Mm-hmm. Not only the church that he is pastoring, using that term loosely, mm-hmm. but about the church in general. Mm-hmm. Right? And and we're listening and we're just like, no, nah, we can't play that. Right. Nope, there's, yeah. can't do yeah. that. And not because it's like so unbelievably like bogus, but because it's so inappropriate. Yeah. It's so like it makes us uncomfortable. It's like, you know, we we are like prone to give disclaimers. Okay, we do that. But there's some things that we're just like, you know, let's not even offend (laughs) people with that. They will get the point once they hear these things. So anyway, that's coming up today. And that's the question that I'm I'm asking. Do our churches reflect us Mm. in many ways? Like the churches that we are a part of, is there something about us? That is reflected in what what is coming from the pulpit, what is happening in that service. Does it say something about what we desire, uh, what we are longing for? Sorry about that. Are you getting into it right now? (laughs) Is it time? (laughs) Um, But hey, before we do get into it, um, I again, I I know I am probably the the worst person for just moving on. Okay. No, no, I think I think is it okay? Okay. Go ahead and 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 this will be my last. This is my last attempt here. Um, but I, I will say, though, that this this uh, talking about the Sabbath. Yeah. OK. Yeah. This is not sparked by any other question. So I don't want people to think that somebody's pressing me on this. This is not sparked by any other question. Right. This is sparked by something I was reading in my devotional time this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that God's word speaks. Right. And so if there is 
the the slightest chance that I am unclear on something or that I have misled somebody, um, I I I want to have a posture of humility before the Lord and before His people, and I want to make sure that I'm understood. So, again, just to be clear here, mm-hmm. I believe that the Lord has set apart a day of rest for us. Amen. Okay, let me explain what I mean when I say that. And let me explain what that looks like in our family's life. I I want people to understand. So our family takes Sunday as our Sabbath. Mm -hmm. That is our day of rest. Our kids know this. Um, We call it, this, this is the Lord's day, right? This is the day that we sanctify as different from the other days that we live life. Mm -hmm. They love it because on this day, they don't have to do any chores. (laughs) I've gone to great lengths to try to explain to them, you have these six days to get all of your stuff done. Mm -hmm. On this day, you rest. And so much so, and I want people to understand this because I am not advocating for a throwing away of a setting aside a date. And Remember, I will have I said, to say, you, you never said that. So Okay. But, and you said that to ahead, me this morning. I know. You said that. You were like, Mickey, you never said that. So I just, you know how I am. Yeah. I, it, I, have, I have such a fear of God and I have such a reverence for his word that I, I want to be understood and I want to be very clear. And so sometimes in the course of just talking, I, I feel like I don't know if I make mm-hmm. sense as much as I think I'm making sense. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, okay, so good. So I never said that. But I want to make sure that it's absolutely clear because yeah. here's the other thing. I don't want to be guilty of communicating to people something different than what I practice myself. Right. You understand? Right. So we have a day that is set apart that we see as different from our other days of work. Mm-hmm. Okay. The point that I was trying to make is that we do not believe that observing this day saves us. That's right. So we are not looking at this from any type of... Um, what I think would be characteristic of a Judaizer's perspective, okay, where it's like trying to make you a Jew so that you can then become a Christian. However, what I would say is that when you look at the Ten Commandments, and I think this is important, all of the Ten Commandments as as a warning, as as what you will live out if you are a believer, are, are restated in the New Testament with the exception of the Sabbath as we know it from Old Testament context. Right. What is restated in the New Testament is recognizing the Lord's day, recognizing a day where the believers are gathered together, where they are worshiping, where there is a day where you have, there is rest. So this would be um, in Hebrews chapter 10, right? Don't forsake meeting together as is the habit of some. Mm -hmm. So I do want to make sure that it is clear that I am saying there is a a day that is set apart. We call that the Lord's day in the New Testament context, not like a Jewish Shabbat. Yeah. Okay, that's right. all I was trying to say. I hope that that makes <laughs> sense. We'll see. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. In my brokenness, you are close to me. In my weakness, in my strength, you are high lifted up. You sit high up on the throne. You are God. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Darius James. You are God alone. Beautiful song, beautiful song. Okay, mm-hmm. so, Will the Great. Yes. On the, sa- the Sabbath. Are yes. we, are we, is it, is everybody okay? You have are anything you, else to say? Are you on okay? That? 
I just any more points of clarity. It's just so important to me to be understood. Let me share the passage that I was reading this morning, mm-hmm. and I was like, because I believe that God's word speaks. Yes, and and I know that people don't appreciate this. Like when when we say that um, God's word speaks, what I'm saying is that God's word speaks in real time to mm-hmm. issues that we are navigating in life. That's right. Not that. The Bible is alone disclosing God, revealing God, revealing um, man's sinful heart, uh, pointing to the Savior, telling us what it li- what it means now to live, um, having been uh, forgiven of our sin. So the, the word of God speaks. God speaks. OK, this is his word to us. He speaks on all of those things. Yeah. And and God's word speaks in the governance of our life every day. I wish people understood. I I think one of the reasons that people don't read their Bibles is because they don't understand that. Mm -hmm. Like they, they don't recognize that God's word is powerful enough, is so powerful that it speaks in real time regarding our situations, that it is living and active. Yeah. Sharper than a double-edged sword. I'm not making that up. That's the Hebrew writer who said that. Okay. So, so God's word speaks, right? So this is what I was reading this morning and I thought, I was like, oh, Lord, you know, am I, have I been unclear about what I'm saying about the Sabbath and about recognizing and the distinction in the uh, eternal day of rest, this day of rest that we've entered into, that we are no longer laboring and trying to keep the covenant, trying to, t- trying to keep God's law, I should say, trying to keep God's law as a way to justify ourselves. That's, that's the point that I was ultimately trying to make based mm-hmm. on the call that we got. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is what I read this morning, and this is what made me want to return to this conversation. It was yes. in uh, Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to start at verse 17. It says, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so I read that, and and that's just one of those moments where, because I fear God. Yeah. And I, look, I don't have any problem saying that. Like, that's, you, you know, people try to have this, like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, confident approach. No, I fear God. God is holy, and his word is holy. And so when I read that, I just paused for a second, mm-hmm. and I thought, Lord, I want to be, absolutely clear on what I am saying, Mm -hmm. right? I want to be absolutely clear that the Lord has carved out a day that he has made for us that is a day of rest. It is also a foreshadowing of the eternal rest that we enter into in Jesus Christ, that we are no longer striving for God's approval. We're not working, keeping the law Mm -hmm. as a means of our salvation, right? right. That the law was a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ, Mm -hmm. right? That we understand that. And at the same time, in the New Testament context, the scriptures are replete with the Lord's day, that, that we have a day of rest, mm-hmm. that we set aside one out of six where we consecrate that day unto the Lord. And so for our family, what that looks like, and, I, and that's another thing that went through my mind. I didn't know if I had stressed enough that we actually have a day that we set, up, set mm-hmm. aside. And so like on a Sunday, um, when we're not like, you know, oh, we're done with church. We actually have a long fellowship mm-hmm. that happens. It's It really is a day that is set apart unto yeah. the Lord, that it is dedicated to gathering with the Lord's people, to worship and to prayer, to breaking bread together, to remembering yeah. the Lord's sacrifice, 
So we don't rush through the Lord's day. It's not right. we did our 30 minutes and then we go home. And right. this this is different for our fellowship. So I take that for granted. But we actually it's 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 almost the entire day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That we are together as a family. Yeah. And when I say family, I mean the family of God. Right. And then we go home with our kids. And quite often, now this is not every Sunday, but quite often we spend time unpacking the sermon. Mm-hmm. We spend time unpacking what they learned in their Sunday school classes or just kind mm-hmm. of opening up discussion where it's it's intentional on our part that we slow down. I don't usually um, respond very quickly. Okay, generally I don't respond very <laughs> But intentionally mm-hmm. on this day, I'm not like it's not urgent matters right. for me. Right. Intentionally. I, I'm trying to focus on just being with the family without the demands of somebody needs this, somebody's yeah. saying this. And so Sunday is that day. Um, I know there's one sister in our church, and I appreciate her so much, uh, and she's a part of the leadership of our church, but she says, uh, I know Sunday is your it's your family day. I know that's the day that y'all rest, so I try not to ask you any questions mm-hmm. on, on Sundays because that's I've made that known, mm-hmm. that we have this day that we set apart that I don't want to do anything on that day. Yeah. Not anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the things that we normally do, we don't do. Our kids have come to appreciate that. What am I trying to model for them? That, man, you've got every other day that you've got to get your chores done. This is how we are faithful. This is how we're good stewards of what the Lord has entrusted to us. But he has made for us a day of rest. And so on this day, we're going to rest. And and now they have taken that. They have gone Pharisee on that. (laughs) They spill something on the counter. They're not wiping it up. Like, hold up a second. (laughs) <laughs> Who spilled this and left it on the counter? And I, you know, you got one of those jokers that's like Sabbath. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> Hold clean up a second. Up. You better clean this up. You understand? <laughs> and so what I'm trying to avoid, uh, and that's a that's kind of like a funny thing. It really did happen. The Sabbath was called upon, but <laughs> that there, there is a day of rest. There is a day that is set apart. That is the Lord's day. It's a day yeah. of worship, mm-hmm. and and that is important. And I would never want to undermine that or be found giving someone license to just like, oh, we just do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. What I was attempting to say is that the observance of the Lord's day is not what saves us. The the Sabbath is not what saves us. Indeed, all of these things, all of these things that are reflected in the Ten Commandments, all of these things are pointing to, and, and I would say as a Christian, they're going to be an, in your life. You are not going to be doing these things if you are a believer. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a day that is set apart. Why? Because also in the New Testament context, we are commanded to come together. Mm-hmm. We are commanded to be with one another, which That's is something right. that we'll address in the conversation today <laughs> as well. So so the Sabbath, if you will, or the Lord's Day, as we call it in the New Testament context, is still going on. It is still happening if you are adhering to all of the scriptures. I, I'm so grateful for what Jesus did. You know, Jesus says, you've heard it said, um, you know, don't commit adultery. But I'm telling you, if you look upon a woman to mm-hmm. lust. So what is Jesus doing? He is getting down to the bottom of what is the heart condition right. that we have there. Right. So if we in our minds are saying, well, I'm not doing anything, but I'm plotting and planning and doing all, whatever else I can do on this day. The whole point is missed. It's it's the condition of the heart. Do mm-hmm. I trust God? with all the other aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Do I trust God? And and that's a challenge for me because, you know, things don't start or stop beeping and going off just right. because it's Sunday. And you have to make the conscious decision to say, Lord willing, tomorrow. Yeah. Lord willing, tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. 
I just wanted to say that, and I wanted to make that very clear. I think it is important for us to honor the Lord and to submit to, to the Lord's commandments. Like, my point was simply to say, those things are not, they don't save us. Right. You understand what I'm saying? We are saved because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And if we go back to the, the phone conversation, when my sister was talking about the dietary laws and things like that, it just rang so much. To me, it rang so much of Judaizers. It, it rang so much of what is happening in the urban context with the black Hebrew Israelites and yeah. this sort of newfound return to Judaism and be a better Christian. Mm. And so I just, my attempt, however eloquently or not I did that, was to say Christ mm. in Christ alone. Yeah. And, and that's so important. Okay, yeah. so now I feel like I'm done. Um, <laughs> Nothing is more powerful than the word of God to make you want to bring clarity to a situation, right? Amen. All right. No questions or comments from you? No. You're I'm like, good. I told I'm you so, already. Right. <laughs> I understood. <laughs> and, and I think what I take for granted, too, is that you and I know the life that we are living yeah. with our kids together. Mm-hmm. I owe our listening audience that um, window, mm. and I owe it to them because they don't have that luxury of knowing that we actually keep a day of rest. We, we actually try not to do things on on that day. There are things that come up. I'm not going to Pharisee it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If there are things that come up that have to be done, you know, I'm going to untie my donkey and let it get some water. Right. You understand? Right. But I try. we try to set apart a day. So I think our listening audience uh, needed to hear that. All right. Jamal Bryant. My goodness. Jamal Bryant. We only have a few <laughs> minutes. Um, just just doing what false teachers do. Yeah. Right? And, and just yes. uh, being adored by the world, being loved by the world. But I think so much of what is in this recent interview that he did that's making its rounds um, uh, is useful to us in trying to train the body of Christ how to spot these heresies and how to spot these charlatans, of which Jamal Bryant is one. Yeah, He is, uh, well, okay, I'll, I'll hold my comments because I may <laughs> be able to weave them throughout the conversation. Let's go to clip one. Uh, you're going to hear this first voice that you're going to hear is a setup. It's a question that's asked by the host of the podcast. Her name is Rashawn Ali. Rashawn Ali, and um, and she talks about how she is not so much religious anymore. She's spiritual. Right, right. Which a lot of deep people say because <laughs> it sounds nicer than to say apostate. <laughs> too, too much? Well, I'll be no. doing I'll do seven other shows on that, right? Seven <laughs> other shows. I'm spiritual, but I'm not an apostate. Okay. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Clip one. So I'm one of those people, that's me. I grew up Christian. I grew yes. up uh, uh, with um, Pastor Hubert Shepherd, okay. Greater Travelers Rest Baptist oh, Church, yes. way back in the day. That's yes. where I grew up. But I have since become more spiritual yes. than religious. Yes. For people like me, yes. and my mom feels like I, and, and I and I was very, when I was thinking about this interview, <clears throat> I wanted to be very respectful of where you stand and then where I stand. But I always, for people who have grown up Christian, mm-hmm. who have now taken more of the spiritual life, yes. um, because I'm more kind than I am in church on Sunday. Yes. Um, what do you say to me? Now, okay, I'm, I'm more kind than I am religious. Uh, going in, or uh, going to in church. church. I'm, I'm more church. kind than I am in church. In church, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> so I'm a kinder yeah. person. I might not be in church, but I'm, you know, I'm kind. I guess I just wonder 
when did those two things become mutually exclusive? Like, I just would, that would be my first thought. Like, so well, how is it that the person in church is unkind? Like, In how, her how, mind, I think she is saying that she believed that church people are mean. In other words, they are associated with truth-telling. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> so I'm more kind than truth-telling. Because tolerant if you're trying kind. to figure out the comparison here, like, it almost seems like a mismatch, right? Mm. I'm mm-hmm. more kind than in church. Mm-hmm. If you try to figure out, okay, so where is she going? What what connection is she making? And this is just me. I don't know if you make a different connection. My connection is that she is saying kindness mm-hmm. is mutually exclusive of truth-telling, and truth-tellers are found in church. Mm-hmm. And historically, truth-tellers found in church have told the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been unkind. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's I don't know if you make a different yeah, connection. Well, that's the connection that I make. It would be similar to that. I would think she was say that church folks are unkind, they're mean, and it's based <laughs> upon the rest of the conversation that we heard. Yes. I think she would feel like church people are not tolerant. So I'm more religious. I mean, I'm, a, I'm more spiritual than yes. religious. Yes, now. which which also means that I get to be tolerant. Right. Which also and means I can accept that everything. I can accept everything and everyone. Never, yes, yes. And there, there are no rules. And so her right. question, she kind of anchors her question with, or she ends her question Wait, so what would you say to me? And so I was thinking about this, of course, like as an interviewer and mm-hmm. as someone who offers commentary. And I, I was yeah. thinking, um, so here's what I would say to her. Yeah. I would say, okay, so Rashawn, very carefully. So spiritualism has always been a draw because it offers religion, mm-hmm. right, without any requirements. Mm. So then my question would be, why were you ever a Christian? And then I would wait and I would listen. Mm-hmm. I would actively listen mm-hmm. to her answer. And then I would ask, what has changed about Christianity that you understood that makes it no longer necessary? Mm. What, what has changed? Like, why are you? See, because right. sometimes I think this comes down to people not understanding what the gospel is. Yeah. Like, they don't know what I the agree. gospel is, right? right? I mean, Ray Comfort, I know it's, it's as old as the 90s, mm-hmm. but Ray Comfort has this parachute analogy that I think is a brilliant one, and I haven't found, well, maybe there are others that are <laughs> as good, you know. Yeah. But if you're on a plane, yeah. 30,000 feet in the air, mm-hmm. and, and, and the stewardess says, put this on, the plane is going to crash mm-hmm. in like, you know, five hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd be like, can we land it? I mean, we've got that much time, can we land it? Whatever. But you put the parachute on, and it doesn't matter how smoothly yeah. you're flying. Yeah. You know that you're going to crash, and your only hope is this parachute, right? But if you say, put this parachute on for a more comfortable flight, you'll mm-hmm. have a better flight. Right. Well, if your flight is not turbulent, why should you keep the parachute yeah. on? What's the reason? It is only the promise that this is going to save you from impending judgment, that there is destruction coming, that you're like, no matter what, mm-hmm. I don't care how uncomfortable I get, I don't, mm-hmm. I am not taking the parachute off, right? right. I mean, simple example yeah. or illustration. But for so many Christians today, they are Christians only to have a better flight. Mm. They just want a more comfortable life. They want their best life now. Yeah. Right? That's it. All of those questions, and probably more that some of our listeners have thought of, would have been great responses on the part of the pastor and here. I, I, yeah. And I think the answer from her would have to be something to the effect of, I grew up in church. It's like a cultural type thing. Yeah. I wonder if there is a real reason. And I think she would have to kind of think about that to see, why was I a Christian? I definitely mm-hmm. had to do mm-hmm. with... We went to church when yeah. I grew up. That's yeah. that's where we went. I think you're right. That's what we did. And and it was culturally normative right. to to identify as a Christian 
and to have all of the habits and practices that we had as Christians. This is just right. what we did. Right. So I think impress on that. I think you're right. I think that's probably where she would land. Mm-hmm. But wait until we get back on the other side of the break and let's see what the pastor actually said in response to her question. That is coming back on the other side of the break. Aaron the Addisons, stay right there. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. <laughs> right before you pointed out, I was just kind of really getting into it. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. That's Triple E. Sweet victory. All right. So Pastor Jamal Bryant, look, he is known as a pastor. He calls himself a pastor, preacher. Um, <laughs> he pastors New Birth uh, Fellowship. Missionary Baptist Church. Missionary Baptist Church mm-hmm. in um, Atlanta. Atlanta Georgia. Yep. Okay. Um, we played a clip from him before where he said they didn't need a walker. They needed a runner. Um, they needed Warnock. Um, and so you know, got him. there's yeah. great rejoicing in that congregation. <laughs> they got Warnock. He also, and I don't know if we have the clip here today, but anyway, let me. So before we went to the break, yeah. he's being interviewed by a podcaster who says, I'm now I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. And, and then she goes into, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she, wh- what would you say to me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, before the break, we set up kind of how we would respond to her and yeah. love. Like, I mean, we want to win her back, right? Mm. If, if right. you were once a believer, right? You know, like, what's, you know, can can we you win believe? you over? Can yeah. can you you know? Um, but no, that's not what happens. Jamal Bryant um, responds this way: This is the largest demographic of Africans living in America who don't go to church. And it is testament not to you, but the failure of the evolving of the church. Mm -hmm. I'll give you one example. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a stumbling block for the church Mm. because it is the very first civil rights movement in the history of America that one did not come out of the church and two is not led by a religious figure. And what uh, my grandmother would put it this way, your slip is showing. Mm. is that (laughs) the black church has exposed that they don't know how to support what they don't lead. I'm so I'm not, I'm not religious. I'm not a Christian. Well, she didn't say that. Let me, let me not go further than she, she goes, not religious. I'm I'm spiritual. And the reason is because the church didn't support black lives matter. The the reason you're spiritual because well, Black Lives Matter didn't come out of the church. Okay, the, it's a civil rights movement. He says it's a civil rights movement that didn't come out of the church. Okay, okay, but again, I'm asking you, what would you say to me? I'm more spiritual than I am religious. Why? Be, I, I just I'm trying to make the yeah. connection, like yeah. seriously, and that's. I mean, his answer didn't make the connection. No, like, he didn't. I, I don't understand <laughs> because because Black Lives Matter didn't get the support of the church. And, and, and okay, he also says mm-hmm. that the church is not keeping up. Right. The church is not being, it's like not being relevant. It's, yeah. So let me tell you what I, what I perceive to be, um, what I perceive to be happening in responses like this mm-hmm. is that he's got his pre-programmed set of responses and like catchphrases and buzzwords yeah. that 
are like the liberal talking points. Yeah. This is what I'm allowed to say. And so it's like, blah, 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 Black Lives Matter, blah, 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 blah. Do you understand <laughs> right. what I'm saying? It's like, right. drop that in. And yeah. I, I'm just going, wait a minute. You have a person who, who possibly, right, eternity hangs in the balance for her. And she says, what would you say to me? And, and you say, the church didn't you support Black Lives Matter. That's, that's, why you're not, that's why you're not in church. But it, <laughs> but it, actually, um, it actually doesn't stop there. No. Because as he continues, <clears throat> excuse me. As he continues in the conversation, he's talking about how society and culture continues to change mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. evolve and move. Right. And he says that the church is not changing and evolving and moving. Mm. And this also is a problem. This is clip three. Society, Rashawn, changes every four years, but church uh, culture changes every four years, but church culture changes every 20 So the average church is 15 years behind schedule. So those of you who are watching, your church is so proud to be on Facebook, but all the youth are on TikTok. They are. They stopped being on Facebook when their mother tried to friend them. So you got to figure out how am I relevant and how do I repackage? So I understand you are spiritual is what you want to call it um, because we don't have a terminology of how do I love God when I hate the church? Mm. Uh, and can I love him uh, without hating the politics of church? And so churches blew up in the pandemic and they're not doing their due diligence. Why? They grew up because we went virtual. So now I can go to church and I ain't got to worry about being judged by what I got on. Right. Now I can go to church uh, and you ain't going to judge me because of my tattoos, because of my piercings, or because I have a same-sex same sex lover. What? Throw the flag. Throw the flag. <laughs> flag on the plane. We're back in. We're, we are back in. So, okay. <clears throat> you are spiritual because you, you hate the bride. Mm. You, you are spiritual because you hate the church. And you haven't figured out a way to be able to love this God that you've created, right? Mm-hmm. While not being aggravated by the representation of what he requires on this earth. Yeah. You, you understand. Yeah. So, so yeah. the reason you're spiritual is because it requires nothing of you. You understand? Exactly. You, don't, you don't have to worry about the requirements of the faith. You don't have to worry about the one another's of the faith. You don't have to worry about the commands of God that presumably on any given Sunday are being preached in the Lord's gathering. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to worry about all of these high standards that are before us as Christians, mm-hmm. that we now are bound to live by when we say we are Christians. So so the reason you're spiritual is because the church is irrelevant to you. Right. And even more than that, now, because of the pandemic, you know, we've we've gone virtual. And so I don't have to worry about the clothes that I'm wearing don't, and, don't, and, and people do judging it. me. Don't do it. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about the tattoos and the earrings it. I have. And, don't do it. And, and I don't have to worry about oh, the same-sex partner. You did it. <laughs> That's you what he it. said. So, so this is a pastor saying that the reason churches saw online growth, right, is because and, and go to the to the t- <laughs> go to the last portion. Uh-huh. That's probably my safest place to land. Let's go to the last portion of what he said, and the reason churches exploded was because people are able to have whatever type of partners they want. And mm-hmm. not have to be convicted 
not have to be judged, right? right? So not have this external friction that says, that's not right. The Bible Mm. says, the Mm. Bible says. And remember, let's go back to her original comments, right? She's more spiritual than she is go to church. Or what did she say? She's more spiritual. Yeah, more. she's more kind than she is in, in church. church. Yes. And so what, what is afforded to us by being able to stay at home and just watch online? Like, you don't have to be bothered by having your life match up with what is being preached. Right. Right? You don't have to, you don't have to worry so much about having this consistent walk where, and, and this is body life, mm-hmm. body life, living together. For one another. We don't have the blessing <laughs> of being able to be scrutinized. And to scrutinize. Mm. Like, it is a two-way blessing, right? Yeah. That I have people who can say, mm, mm-hmm. that's, I, no, that's not in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I have people who can say to me, mm, uh, no, yeah, that's not in Scripture. Mm-hmm. You, went, you went too far with that. Mm-hmm. You un- do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you're online, as the pastor is saying here, of New Birth, Missionary Baptist Church, when you're online, you get to be whatever you want. You don't you don't you don't have to love the Lord's church. You don't have to love the bride. Our brother Abe, he was preaching on this a, a couple Sundays ago, Sunday before last, and he used the example. He goes, How can you say you love God and you don't love the church? You don't love his bride. Right. Right? He goes, he goes, see how it works out for you if you tell <laughs> me you like me, but you don't you can't stand Maria. <laughs> right. Like just think right. about that. I like you. Can't stand your wife. Can't mm. stand. Like and I don't think in any other context we would allow for that, but this is the type of new age mixing, right? Mm. Where really what we're talking about is motivational speaking. Yeah. Because where is the provocation to holiness? Where is the provocation to be convicted by the Lord's word, to fear him? This goes back uh, to us talking about sinners in the hands of an angry God. Mm-hmm. You know, where is that type of conviction? Again, the, the Jeremiah. Yeah. yeah. When church is optional, Right. When church is optional, it is because the person does not know what their options are. Mm. Do you understand? What, like, think about that. Like, when church is optional, when you get to just decide, it's because you really don't know what decision you're making. Right. You, you don't really understand. Because to understand that to reject Christ and to reject his sacrifice, an eternity of destruction awaits you, is to really not be pressed to make the choice. It's like, you're, you're like, no, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. I, I recognize that I deserve God's judgment and I want to be reconciled to him through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's your desire. Um, one more clip before we run out of t- uh, too much time to talk about it. Uh, Pastor Jamal Bryant um, makes a prophecy. Gives <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Jamal Bryant gives a prophecy. Okay, he makes a prediction. I don't know what you call yeah, it when, when a person's I an guess. apostate. I don't know what you say. Prophelying. Uh, it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> And he talks about the the future of churches, and he almost talks about the future of churches from a position of you guys are going to be left behind if you don't understand where churches are going. Listen. You are getting ready to witness the death of megachurches. Oh. Our children will not be going to megachurches. They will be watching online. And that which used to be sanctuaries will be studios. So those who are caught in these wooden pews, get ready to sell them on eBay. Uh, because if you don't repackage, then your church is going to be a condo. <laughs> if So if you don't come up with a new business model, mm-hmm. 
which is the brick uh, and mortar virtual. stores are gone. The brick and mortar stores are. This is what he's saying. I mean, if you just take this and and turn it into business language, mm-hmm. he's saying Blockbuster died out. <laughs> yeah, we stream around here. Mm-hmm. You understand? So, so if you don't take this business model, <clears throat> excuse me, and repackage the church, then your church will become a set of condos. Guys, how far do you have to be away from understanding God's word to even suggest that the quote-unquote wave of the future is a church that requires nothing of its members Mm -hmm. that suggests, hey, we don't really need one another. Mm -hmm. Like this whole coming together, which, by the way, again, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, don't forsake the meeting Right. Don't forsake the gathering together of the saints. Right. As is the habit of some. So. How um, <laughs> how far away from truth do you have to be? Well, yeah. To suggest that we need to turn these. Listen. And this is what he says. <laughs> we need to take the churches. Mm-hmm. These sanctuaries. And we, need to, we need to take these sanctuaries mm-hmm. and we need to turn them into studios. That's what he said. Because the wave of the future is streaming. People want to watch online. You know, and sadly enough, I think some churches will do that. That's the because sad Because they don't part. want to be a condo. But I tell you this, this, you know, he said so many egregious things in his interview. One of the things that we didn't put out there was that he said that he and his church is pro-choice. Yes, you know, he absolutely did. God gives us a choice. Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, so he said, he said he and his church. How out of context is that? And then he said, the Lord Jesus, this is what he said, and I wish we would pull this clip for you as well. He said that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He gives a choice. He gives you a choice. You can decide. If, if you yeah. let him in. Right. Then he. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Sad. This, and, and again, I'll go back to my initial warning, okay? The reason that this man has an audience and the reason that his and churches like his are so filled, okay? Whether that's online or not, they are so filled, okay? Is because of the warning that Paul issued to Timothy. It's because people are heaping up, they are gathering up for themselves teachers who will tickle their ears, who mm-hmm. will preach what they want to hear. There's mm-hmm. another part in this interview, and unfortunately we don't have this clip, I felt... um the part leading up to it was so inappropriate that we, we, there's no way we could edit it enough to not offend our listeners, right? And we felt like we, it was unnecessary. We didn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but to my point, as soon as he hits on this interviewer's particular desire, mm-hmm. she says, I'm going to new birth on Sunday. <laughs> and, and just to give you the context, it was about... Um, God's requirements of of holiness mm-hmm. as it pertains to to sexuality. So, in other words, how you it's easier. This is the conversation. Just give you kind of a roundabout. It's easier for you to tell sixteen year olds to abstain, but what will you do with people who are in their thirties? He said, "You need a new gospel for." He that. says, "You need a new gospel for <laughs> that." What? And among other things that we will not mention here, and then the woman who is interviewing him says. I'm going to new birth on Sunday. Why? Why? Because immediately when she hears what she wants to hear, mm-hmm. she's like, I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. So 
I used to feel like a sorrow, and I still do feel a sorrow over these churches that are filled with people where they are being taught false doctrine. But I realize that God's word is true, that these people have gathered up for themselves those who would preach what they want to hear. Yeah. So their churches really are a reflection of their desires. Guys, let the word of God shape and transform our desires. Amen. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.